0: Hi, welcome to Matinee Screening. My name's John Baskini. I'm Joe Leonard. And uh, this week is a continuation of what we did last time around, in which we discussed all the Best Picture winners that we had seen. We got up to the year 2000 with copious amounts of omissions, just because we hadn't seen a ton from 60 to 70 years ago. But now we move on to the 21st century, in which we will talk about all 12 Best Picture winners that have occurred since the new millennium. Um... Now, all of us have seen all 12, so we're going to get a little more in-depth than we did in the last episode. So and, we're gonna start
1: with, and I've seen a lot more of the uh, nominees that didn't get it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, nobody else saw the other four nominees from the 1934 Oscars, yeah. whatever it was. So, um, we're going to start with *The Beautiful Mind in the year 2000. No, we're
1: we're going to start with Gladiator.
0: We're going to start with Gladiator. I got my movies mixed up so let's gonna start with gladiator and uh what did you think of gladiator
1: i really like gladiator um i i'm kind of a sucker for giant epic films that feel like you know movies on the big screen with It's like a sound. modern day ben her yes. yes so uh and we don't get those very much anymore but uh i really like this one it was you know it was long and it was Action packed and
0: dramatic, uh, so it did. it felt like a movie. Which, it, it felt like Charlton Heston would have started this if it happened forty years ago. You know, it was yes. that kind of movie. Um, this was a movie I saw that was shown to me by a very irresponsible history teacher who didn't feel like teaching one day. And continuing continuing
1: before. our trend of watching all the best picture movies,
0: apparently, in high especially school. if they involve swords and sandals. Um, but yeah, I. So I saw it over a couple of days, but it was interesting enough where I didn't zone out like I did for several other movies I saw in school. Right. So I really like Gladiator. Again, it was very epic. It was, um, I don't know, you kind of get caught up in it. And a, a part, parts of it become kind of cliche, like the, are you not entertained yes. part of it. But I still think it's a solid movie and I really like it.
1: I really like it. It's it's entertaining. Did you hear about the Gladiator sequel that never got made? No, I didn't. Um, Please tell. I'm dead serious about this. So, uh, to you know, the, 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 for those who have seen the movie, they know how it ends. And for those who know the trend in Oscars, they have a good guess of how it ends. So the sequel involved um, time travel, where no the spirit way. of the gladiator, of Russell Crowe's character, There's would, no would travel on through the wars of history and like fight in the Civil War and the Revolutionary War and Vietnam. And all of these different things. That sounds like an excellent video game. Well, it doesn't sound
0: like an excellent video game. It sounds like it sounds a like bad Assassin's Creed. <laughs> well, yes, <there's> not. <laughs> but I. So is it was like Assassin's Creed, the the Gladiator sequel, just in video game form, pretty much. Pretty much, like it's scary how close this movie got into production.
1: Like Eesh. Russell Crowe's like, yeah, I'm good, and uh, Ridley Scott was like, this is it. yeah, let's do this. So I don't know where it fell apart, but it's probably just as it, well that it did.
0: Thankfully, it did. Yes, um but yeah so what you want to go and move on yeah. to 2001 in which actually was talking about a beautiful mind mm-hmm. starring our friend russell crowe once again same dude. um so same production was, company yeah it was a nice beginning of the century for for them uh what did you think of a beautiful mind
1: it was okay um i i had no overwhelming qualms of it 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 didn't strike me as best picture winner um But other than Lord of the Rings, you know, not a whole lot in 2001 does. Uh, It was, I I, I liked the character that Russell Crowe played. Uh, He was very interesting. Um, There's several little twists throughout the movie that I really liked. Um, And I really like the makeup because this goes from like 1947 to 94, I think. And so I thought the makeup was done really, really well, especially on Russell Crowe.
0: Yeah, it was sort of like, you know, that saying where you never have to run faster than the bear, you just have to run faster than your friend yeah. kind of thing. That's how Beautiful Mind won this one, because like, there wasn't a lot that it beat. Like, I mean, I suppose Lord of the Rings, but it was still the point where the Academy's not going to give it to a fantasy movie, regardless of how good it is. Right. And that it beat Gosford Park in the bedroom and Moulin Rouge, and um, that's just not... A great deal of competition. Yes. that it's got going so. on. So it was good. It was a very Oscar-y movie. It was, you know, <laughs> takes place over a long period of time. There was a lot of crying and, and yeah, you know, dramatic speeches and you know, very so emotional
1: was, personal problems.
0: Yes. So it was a very Oscar movie. Um, so it definitely applied to the uh, appeal to the Academy. But it wasn't bad. I, I agree with you that I have no serious qualms about it. Right. So, um, um, do you want to go ahead and move on to yeah. 2002?
1: Next up is Chicago, which I really, really dug. Uh, Chicago is, and I'm also a sucker for any kind of musical film, which we haven't gotten a lot of lately. So when Chicago came back and I think did a really, really solid job making a musical. And I really liked the whole basic setup where it's this musical inside the head of this one character uh, as they're going throughout the movie. I thought that was a really cool idea, a really good way to put a musical on the screen that felt more realistic than, you know, West Side Story, where everybody has to stop and dance fight. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like Chicago. I'm I'm quite happy at one on this one.
0: I, the thing is that Chicago came out when I was 13 years old, and I, you know, musicals were not something that a 13-year-old boy would at least not... What I was when I was 13 I years didn't old. see it in
1: 2002. I, I yeah, saw no, it several see, years had, later.
0: And, and so the, the person I carpooled with would play it every day for about you know six months. And so for the longest time, I refused to see or had, an, or had a loathing of Chicago until I finally saw it about five or six years ago and ended up really liking it, actually. Um, I thought it's one of the better movie musicals that's out there. Um, and also really didn't like the stage play oddly enough, because the stage play is very barren. The the band is on the stage and there's not a lot of sets. And I don't know. I didn't think it translated as well as, um, some of the other.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't love the stage play either. Um, I think the strongest thing it has going for it is the, just the music. And so the movie kept all the music, but I really like the way they presented it.
0: No, I agree. And I thought that, you know, the cast was surprisingly great. Like yeah. you had John C. Well, John C. Riley, yeah. John not C. Riley did from, amazing
1: in this. Yeah, not
0: the one from Scrubs. I get them confused all the time. Yes. Um, but John C. Riley was amazing. Especially for a, kind of a guy whose other
1: part. stuff is like Talladega Knights and Step yeah. Brothers and stuff.
0: So he was great. Um, Catherine Zeta Jones or Zellweger, Like everybody really, and they cast it really well because like Richard Gere, I don't, I mean, that wasn't Richard. Was it yeah, it was Richard Gere? Gere. Okay, it wasn't Richard Gere. So. Um So I thought that it was cast really well. Everybody performed their parts. Great. So it was something I'm glad I saw once I actually got into musical theater and didn't have sort of a prejudice against it. Yeah.
1: My favorite casting bit is the piano player who does all the, you know, intros to each song is Tay Diggs. Oh, yeah.
0: It is Tay Diggs. Yeah. Oh, Tay Diggs. I remember. And every movie is made better with Tay Diggs. I don't. I've ever seen a movie where I was like, "I wish Taitex wasn't." in that <laughs> it's
1: Like Taitex was not necessary for this movie. That's that's never been said.
0: No, no, you've never, never complained. So, okay, two thousand three is the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Bitch slaps everybody else in the competition. Um, yes, this is where they got all the statues. Every single. I think they won what thirteen. I think so. I think it's, it was something yeah. like, and they didn't win cinematography. They were even nominated for cinematography, which they probably should have. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um,
1: Somebody in the chat is like this this is ridiculous guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I I think Return of the King is it's it's probably my favorite movie of all time just uh, like in general so I obviously really like this one and thought it deserved So you thought it well
1: deserved, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I did. Um but it really it was a movie that was so good where it was it, it the academy couldn't deny it, the best picture because you could almost tell they really didn't want to give it to a fantasy movie and a big budget movie and that kind of thing but they really um, kind of they had to yeah they had to, they kind of bowed out of the way of pressure and I thought it was great And um, especially didn't beat a lot of other stuff, like I didn't like Lost in Translation nearly as much as other people did or Master and Commander, Mystic River was okay and Seabiscuit I mean, does anybody remember Seabiscuit? I love
1: Seabiscuit, are you kidding me?
0: I mean, it was good, but Seabiscuit.
1: I, I saw Seabiscuit the other day, actually. No, I, I really dug Seabiscuit. Okay. <laughs> I wanted it to win, actually. No. No, no you don't. Um I mean, I still maintain that Return of the King has this unfair advantage of getting twelve hours to or I guess since it's theatrical, the it's getting nine hours to tell its story without you having to sit through a nine hour movie. Yeah. Um and it also feels like you know because fellowship and two towers were both nominated it feels like they're kind of like oh this is our last chance to give lord of the rings the oscar so we have but to but i also thought that. that
0: they didn't give it the oscar the first two years cuz they were like oh we can always get to it next year yeah. you know they weren't going to give it to the
1: no that's first so, one. um you know i i can't even begin to try and pretend that lord of the rings doesn't deserve an oscar for as a whole i just i still have a problem distinguishing between the movies, it feels so much like one movie that you just get breaks partway through in. So, I, I can't say, like, mm, the last third of this story is where it really
0: hit its stride and, and deserves the statue. Oh, I thought it was. I thought that the third one was significantly better than the other two. And I really loved the other two. But I thought three was a, a big improvement over over uh, Fellowship and, and Two Towers. So, I mean... It was long and yeah, it ended 14 times. But I really enjoy, Lord of- and I think it's a, a substantial step up.
1: I, th- I think as far as like tone quality and like directing and stuff, I, I can't tell a difference between the three. So, it it deserves it deserves an Oscar because Lord of the Rings was amazing and deserves an Oscar. But well, right. It's so I'm not saying that it was the wrong choice. It was just, of course, it was going to win. It had an unfair advantage.
0: I mean, I suppose. Um, now, move on to 2004, which was probably one of the more depressing years in which Million Dollar Baby won, beating out the aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. Um, what did you, you just recently saw Million Dollar Baby. I did. I, I saw it this past week. So what did you think of it? Um,
1: I really liked the first half of this movie. Maybe the first three-fourths. I'm not sure exactly where. Um, and I won't spoil it if anybody hasn't seen it but if you have seen it you know there's this very specific plot point and it just changes the whole pace of the movie and like the tone and feel of the movie uh and i really didn't like anything that happened after that really it 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 didn't click with the first part of the movie to me um just the the character development it it felt like it was a surprise thrown in, kind of like how in Nicholas Sparks movies, where like at the hour mark, it's like, bam, cancer. <laughs> like, and you, nothing up until that moment was indicating that they would be dealing with this. There was no foreshadowing or build up to that at whatsoever. Kind of wish
0: Nicholas Sparks would make a, a book that just, he would just call it, bam, cancer. And that's just the entire, so you know it's coming. That's the genre. <laughs> That's that's the Nicholas <laughs> Farming genre. It's bam cancer or bam war it's, or yeah it, something. It's
1: bam something else, but it just it comes out of nowhere with no nothing in the first half, and so it felt a little bit like that, where they're suddenly having to deal with this one thing.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess I agree with you. It is very depressing. It's not, and it was kind of a Clint Eastwood. I'm not sure. You know, a first-time director directed Million Dollar Baby. This would have gotten the acclaim it did, um, and so I enjoyed it. But I think that Sideways, in retrospect, I think if most voters could go back and vote again, I think Sideways would probably win because that one's held up, I think, a lot better than the other ones have. Um, so I, I don't really have a big problem with Million Dollar Baby winning, um, but it, it just it didn't. I don't think in 15, 20 years, people are going to be talking about it, because people barely talk about it now.
1: Yeah. It's going to be one of the ones, like, what we did last time, where we're like, oh, that movie won over yeah. over these classics that get the special DVD releases?
0: No, and so nobody's going to have seen Yeah, Million Dollar Baby 15, 20 years from now. I mean, I like,
1: the first half of it I really liked. I was, I was really enjoying it throughout the whole boxing part. I thought it was good fight choreography. It was interesting characters.
0: Um, I think boxing movies are kind of like I don't know. There's something that just they kind of all seem the same to me a little bit, and so I'm I don't really think Million Dollar Baby, especially except it being about a female boxer, really distinguished itself in any way.
1: Well, this came out like right at the same time that Against the Ropes came out, which was that other like women can't box, but it's Meg Ryan instead of Hillary Swank and no Clint Eastwood.
0: Oh. Oh, no. So,
1: like, you can
0: see exactly, like, which one the Oscars will care about. Was it kind of like you hang out with a less attractive person and make <laughs> your scene better? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is, that, is that theory when it comes to female boxing movies? And that was the same year as Cinderella Man, I think. Cinderella Man was the next year, but yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. Because then it must have been the winter of the next year. Yeah. Because they were very close to each other. They were. Um, okay. So, moving on to 2005, in which I think that this is the only time, at least for me... That the worst movie that was nominated won the Oscar, um, but that's just my opinion. What do you think? That's the only one I've
1: seen. I've, okay, I've, so I've, fair I enough. Mean, and it was, it felt like it was it was a really good movie the first time I saw it, like back in either two thousand five or two thousand six. Yeah. But then I saw it years later, and I was like,
0: why was why was this so good again? I think that people like, thought that if they didn't vote for it, they'd be racist. They were just like, no, I'll vote for Crash. I'm not, I'm not yeah. a racist. Of course I'm going to vote for that. And then people looking back, was like, no, it was just... I mean, it was an okay movie, but it was, like, way too self-serious. It was... This is an important movie. We're changing the world with this movie. And you could just kind of see all the actors thinking that when they were making it and directing And looking back on it, I think Good Night and Good Luck should have won. Because yeah. um, that was such a an amazing movie, in my opinion. You like *Brookback Mountain*, which—I mean,
1: *Brookback think- Mountain*—just being around during the time it came out and just knowing what it was about, it was like—it's very clear this is going to get the nomination and not win, because yeah. you know, it's—it's it's something where you want to look supportive, but you don't want to be controversial, so. Yeah. I knew
0: Brokeback Mountain was had, like, a guarantee nomination and no chance of winning. And Capote was about, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it was a good movie, but it was kind of one of those where it was, the movie was inconsequential compared to what Philip Seymour Hoffman was doing. And then Munich is probably Steven Spielberg's most overlooked movie, yeah. and I really like it. It's not something I want to see again, but it's one of those, when you look back on Steven Spielberg's career, is not one that's going to get a lot of mention, but is one of his better ones, and I really like Munich, and I've always been interested in that event, so I really liked Munich. Yeah. It was something that should be seen more. I do need to see that one. You um, do.
1: The, the thing with Crash is that, um, first of all, because it's so specifically about racism, all the characters seem very, very racist. Because um, they're
0: only dealing with racial right. things. It's kind of like, I don't go through life... And having to deal with racial tension, you know, twenty four hours a day. So like everybody seemed kind of way too preoccupied with race.
1: Yeah. Uh, So it's it's very interesting because you know a lot of them a lot of times you know it's there's this like I'm not racist but you know thing that happens several times throughout the movie and you're like every that's just it's because that's all anybody in this movie talks about. So. yeah, it's still one that's very good, but it it has not stayed well with me. It's not aged well in the seven years that
0: it's existed. Especially when we to, uh, I saw a movie with you in which it was called "Movies That Matter," and it just kind of was like a double whammy. Of, this is a serious movie, guys. Like I'm serious. Yeah, you need yeah. to watch this movie, guys. You're, you're going to be racist if mm. you going not watch Crash. All right, so now moving on to 2006, in which they finally gave Martin Scorsese an Oscar. Um, which was nice of them. Yes. And this was the year after Jon Stewart made the joke at the la- at the uh, previous year's Oscars, in which 3-6 Mafia, the rap group, had more Oscars than Martin Scorsese. So he finally got his. Yes. Is, this has been parted. called his
1: apology Oscar for Goodfellas. Yes.
0: I mean, Martin Scorsese won this Oscar for Raging Bull, Goodfellas, like all these other movies. So it was like, he won it in terms of it, as well as those. So, um... I really like The Departed, though. I think I, it's...
1: I absolutely love The Departed. It's it's one thing where, I you know he I, he won the Oscar before I saw the movie. I didn't see it in theaters, but seeing it later, I was like, I'm really glad I ended it, the movie he won it for ended up being really good. Because yeah, because
0: it was it was probably one of his best movies. I think that
1: um... I think absolutely. Plus, it's one of my favorite movies of that year. So often the Oscars is just. Picking my favorite of the ones that are available, yeah. but this
0: would easily be in my top ten from two thousand and six. Oh yeah, and easily the top five. And um, it was a fun gangster movie. It wasn't the kind of.
1: It wasn't you know. heavy-handed. Um, no, it wasn't. It was very. Jack Nicholson was. It was very entertaining. It was um, especially the yeah the three main guys: Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, and Leonardo DiCaprio, did really really good.
0: With this movie, um, because this is the same. This is a Blood Diamond year in which Leonardo DiCaprio got nominated for that instead of The Departed, and everybody was kind of like, "Why? Exactly? Because yep. I mean, he wasn't bad in Blood Diamond, but so, I mean, he was really good in The Departed." Um, but,
1: I'm also a little vindictively glad that Little Miss Sunshine didn't win because I like that movie so much less than everybody else in the world.
0: No, no, you and me are on the same <laughs> page, and everybody else thinks we're out of our minds, but. Little Miss Sunshine was not very good. Nah, no, it was not. It was just look at these family be and I just had something thrown at me. But no, it was like, look at this family be awkward. It's like uh, a road trip. It's it's a sitcom setup, but with Oscar bait tone. It was it was remember that really awful road trip you took when you were seven years old? You wanna relive that for two and a half hours? Excellent. Here's Little Miss Sunshine. And the end of Little Miss Sunshine was good. But Little Miss Sunshine was just like Look at these quirky characters. Now stuff's going wrong. Aren't dead bodies funny? I think dead bodies are hilarious. So. And it was just not okay. So, no, I wasn't down with Little Miss Sunshine either, so we're on the same page. All I'm right, that's that's a rare occurrence. I know. I mean, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it's one thing where,
1: like, it was getting so much, you know, praise and ballyhoo that it was like, oh, it could have won, and then I'd have to have to talk about, about it, it every year when the Oscars came out.
0: And then Babel, which was the... Uh, which was uh, Crash with subtitles. And then Leaders from Me, Iwo Jima, which was... Oh, um, Clint Eastwood made another movie better give him an Oscar. And then The Queen, which I never saw, which I really need to, but I've heard is amazing. So yeah, I'll, I'll reserve judgment on that because I've heard it's really good.
1: Queen's very good, but I'm still like... I'd still pop in The Departed over uh, Queen. The Departed is one that I've seen several times since just because I enjoy the movie. You know, so many of these movies, it's like they were good and I'm glad I've seen them. But I have no desire to watch them again. And if I no. just want to watch a movie, like, not another teen movie is going to get picked
0: over <laughs> Crash and Million Dollar Baby. No, I'm not going to no, – nobody's going to flip that on at the end of a, a hard week and be like, I need to relax. Let, yeah. me, let me do some Crash. So, um, But I'll, I'll watch Departed. And, okay, so moving on to 2007 um, – which was No Country for Old Men won over Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, and There Will Be Blood. Um, now, what did you think? Do you think No Country for Old Men should have won that year? Because there were a lot of other pretty strong contenders. Yeah, 2007
1: I thought. and 2008 both are just like really solid years. Um, I don't. I don't hate the fact that No Country for Old Men won. I I thought it was a solid movie. I do think there's a little bit of like it's high time the Coen brothers get an Oscar since they've, yeah. they've made, you know, especially because, you know, this is about the time Big Lebowski has risen out of cult and everybody loves Big Lebowski. Um, and Fargo was deserving and Oh Brother was deserving. And so they deserved Oscars for all these movies. And now it's like, Oh, they need, they need to have an Oscar. And they also, you know, they have very hit or miss movies. So, Oh yeah. Um, uh, what you do when you put out a movie a year you can't put out a classic every year but every
0: 3 to 4 years they put out a great movie and so it's the it's the woody allen complex kind of thing where exactly they're not going to think they're not going to try to make a good movie they're trying to make a movie and if you like it then awesome but they're not going to take their time and really write a script i think they like making it. movies no exactly. i think they, they're not you know yeah.
1: the the script part where they're alone in a room is their least favorite part of movie making
0: probably so. yeah um and i like no country for old men it was it was good it, it made me care about the southwestern united states which i didn't know you could do and um i i enjoyed it i also didn't like that there wasn't an ending i know that's how the book ended but yeah well but like seriously if if you're gonna have just because of an ending works better uh, well in a book does not necessarily mean you have to transport it into a a movie and so i didn't like how they ended it and it just kind of struck me as weird that they were so unwilling to actually give it a, a proper ending yeah um but i liked if i were to go back and do uh, pick it, i probably would say juno from the five nominated
1: from the five um, nominated movies
0: yeah um so well 2007 was once was my favorite movie of that year so i would have you know,
1: All right. Yeah. That,
0: but uh, but out of the five, I'd probably say Juno just because it was something a lot more original. I know it gets a lot of crap now, um, in in hindsight, which I don't really understand. But I thought it was something that was really original and and done very. Well.
1: I, I I think it was was very good, and I do think that it it got hyped into the best, most original, entertaining movie you'll ever see by yeah. a lot of popular, which then backlashed into. Totally unoriginal,
0: back- boring, and blah blah. blah. But the blacklash against Juno's just, you know, baffled me because people really hate that movie now for whatever reason that I don't understand.
1: But I, I think part of it is that Diablo Cody has not fully
0: like realized any kind of potential from that movie. Uh, it was sort of like a flash in the pan, and from what I've seen of Diablo Cody since then, she's not a bad writer. But like, Juno was not the start. That We were not discovering the next great American voice in screenwriting. We were discovering somebody who had a really good idea and benefited from not having to to play to anybody's expectations and just kind of write the movie she wanted to. Um, right. But now that she has expectations, it, it's not working out quite as well.
1: I mean, I think Juno's also an indie hipster darling with the, with the soundtrack that it has yeah. and whatnot. And so people who hate that genre, you know, will... Fly Juno as the flagship of, you know, what they hate.
0: And There Will Be Blood is good. It's way too long. Oh, my goodness. Way too much about milkshakes.
1: I mean, (laughs) of all these movies, obviously, uh, Juno's the one that will get rewatched the most.
0: Yeah. Um, So, and Michael Clayton I hated, and I don't really understand why everybody else seemed to like it. it.
1: Because it had George Clooney in it?
0: And yeah, I I like George Clooney as much as the next guy, but um and then Atonement it was, you know, British 1940s. Oh,
1: but that shot. That that one shot. Oh yeah, no, you know that shot was good. That shot that shot earned the the nomination.
0: It, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, it was it was the war shot, right, where it was yeah, it was like just one long minutes. tracking shot through a World War 2 battlefield. And they
1: get horses to fall over like in the middle of
0: the shot. Oh, it was great. No, it was awesome. Um, no, Atonement was, but it was sort of like, a, of course the Academy's going to nominate it. It has to do with World War II, British people, uh, you know, unrequited love, lie. It was, oh my gosh. No, it, it was. it
1: was. It if was. you had a
0: checklist of to what the Academy goes bananas for, it, it met every single one. No, I, so. I agree.
1: Atonement is that. Uh, so yeah, I, I am content with No Country for Old Men. Really. I, I am
0: too. Um, so now we're going to move on to 2008. Eight with Slumdog Millionaire, curious, yes. winning over Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. And for me, 2008 was probably top to bottom one of the strongest years in for movies film. that I've ever... Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing year for movies because you also left out WALL-E, you left out uh, The Dark Knight, you left out a lot of I, I mean, movies. Really I think the movies. best argument
1: for it is that 2008 is the year that inspired them to go back to... 10 nominations instead of just the usual five
0: yeah well because in, it was one of those where it really highlighted the academy's unwillingness to go for anything popular because if you don't want to nominate dark knight and you don't want, or you don't want to nominate wally then i guess you can understand it but both of those movies were so good that you had to nominate one of them you know yeah. it was sort of like the fact they nominated didn't nominate either just really hurt their credibility but i mean overall i, I really like some like. And I think it was a deserving winner
1: I, I, I liked Slumdog Millionaire uh, Fine uh,
0: I, I guess I liked it more than you did
1: I might be a little bit like grumpy And unwilling to accept that Dark Knight didn't win When it was far and away My favorite movie of like the decade
0: in, As in addition to just the year uh, See Dark Knight was number four Of the year for me So I guess that I don't I, really I don't understand that How do you not understand that? We're gonna we're gonna turn this into the Dark Knight podcast again. We might no, but seriously, like I had you know, Dar- Wally is my number one because it it is yeah, and then I think I had Slumdog Millionaire two, and then I had Milk three, or I, I switched the two, and then I had Dark Knight. Yeah, I I like Dark Knight obviously, but
1: Dar- I mean, Dark Knight know. is it's everything that superhero films have been leading up to since X Men in 2000 like it it feels like everything between X-Men and Dark Knight was like a beta test for Dark Knight for how to <laughs> properly make and it's it's a it's one where it does feel like a comic book movie but at the same time if if Batman never existed in the comic books and you were just presented with The Dark Knight it was the only one where like you could still accept Oh, there's this guy dressing up as a bat, and there's yeah. a clown, and they're gonna fight each other. Adam so. West ain't
0: got nothing on <laughs> The Dark Knight. Um, I don't know how this turned into <laughs> on a Dark Knight podcast, but. Because you can't uh, mention
1: 2008 without me complaining about The
0: Dark Knight, apparently. You really can't. Um, but that, okay, but I really. I love Slum by Millionaire Role because Danny Boyle is probably the best, my favorite director just working right now. Um, and I thought putting it in India and just a culture that so many Americans are just completely unfamiliar with, Um, especially with such a diverse culture as far as the tradition of it, and yet it's so uh, rapidly modernizing. I thought that they did a great job of capturing that and really making it a movie about India without ever losing sight of the central love story and how they intercut with the game show and through his history. I think Slumdog Millionaire if it wasn't going to be Wally or the Dark Knight, absolutely deserved to win.
1: Um, I did like Slumdog Millionaire a lot, but um, I would have given
0: it to Frost Nixon or Milk. Really? Those were my favorite of the year. Maybe because I I love Good Night and Good Luck so much, but I thought Frost Nixon was just a slightly worse version of that. Um,
1: It's one, like, the one time I'm all for the movie, the British movie, that's when <laughs> that's when the academy turns
0: their back on me. because it was directed by an American, Joel. <laughs> I have a British movie directed by an American. <laughs> Come um, on. I I really like that because
1: it 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 did it felt like a very it felt like the exact right way to adapt a play. When clearly so much of this movie was going to be hanging around the dialogue, especially the scenes between these two characters. I thought it did a very good job of that. I really liked uh, Franklin John Martin Sheen uh, in these roles. Michael Sheen. What I Michael say? Shane. Martin. Oh, sorry. I've been watching uh, West
0: Wing. <laughs> <laughs> and then also I think that a lot of the reason people were so mad about Wally in the Dark Knight is that the, the stupid reader got m- nominated, where it was just like, there's just no way <laughs> the reader should get nominated, because it was just... It's it was oh, it was a C movie at best. No. And it had Kate Winslet be naked in it, and it had stuff about the Holocaust, and it was British, so of course they're going to nominate it. No, do you it. remember,
1: it was, um, it was like an episode of Extras from years earlier, and Ricky Gervais wrote it, so Kate Winslet was saying, I got to do a Holocaust movie, because that's how I'm going to get nominated.
0: Exactly. <laughs> And she did, and she got nominated, and she won. Yeah. And I'm glad Kate Winslet won, but it wasn't even Kate Winslet's best role by I'm, any stretch I'm of the I'm glad event. she has
1: that statue on her fireplace, but...
0: No, I am too, but I'm not glad it's for the reader. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire, I really loved. Curious Case of Benjamin Button was, you know, I think it was a victim of its own hype. Yeah. Because it didn't connect in the way a lot of people thought it would. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But but it's it was just long. very forgettable. It was very forgettable too. Yeah, no way I wasn't expecting.
1: So, um, and then Milk was just a solid Milk a movie. Amazing, like, yeah. Man, no, I... that's that's one I do uh, wish. I think Emil Hirsch would have gotten more recognition.
0: Yeah, no that and, it, and that was the movie you think about it, that revitalized James Franco's career. Yeah, like if you because it it was like he he was done after after Spider Man three. You had. Like, and then he did a bunch. He of had a couple really of those like movies Annapolis that come out in the and, off season. Yeah, like Flyboys and stuff. Yeah, he had a bunch of like really bad stuff. And then he had, did Milk, and then he got a couple of more roles. And now he's like, he's the busiest you know. guy in Hollywood. It's it's yeah. So Milk really saved James Franco's career, but I I really and um I yes I, I wish that that movie would be recognized more, but it was just in it had the misfortune of probably being in the best year of the. No, that's past twelve years. That's, that's the that's
1: the thing with Iron Man too. I've you've said you know Iron Man by all rights should have been the best superhero movie of the year. It just had like a, oh that was two thousand eight. Yeah, goodness, yeah, so,
0: that's disappointing. That's the
1: thing is yeah you watch Iron Man like there's no way this wasn't the best superhero movie that year. It just had the no. terrible luck of coming out at the same time Dark Knight did. So that's that's the thing is any one of the top ten movies of two thousand eight could have been the number one
0: movie in other years. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the years before that, because yeah. I think it would have been, and even the fifth best movie, 2008, probably should have beaten anything that got nominated before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, um, it was definitely a, a great year to go to the movies of 2008. So 2009 in, in large part, I would say in reaction to the outrage over Wally and the dark Knight and Iron Man and those movies, um, the Best Picture category extended to 10, which I think is too much. Far, far, far too much. Um, But the Hurt Locker one. And what did you think of 2009 in your movies? Um,
1: So Hurt Locker beats Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, An Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, up and up in the air. Uh, And, you know, it, it does feel a little bit like, at this point just pick your favorite movie of the year since there's so many nominations. Um, yeah. I think, I think District 9 was my favorite that year, but it was clearly the one that, you know, it was, we have to appease mainstream ones. It would bodies. not have gotten it no. if it
0: weren't for 10. No. no, there's just no way. Um,
1: so, of the ones that, you know, actually had a chance, Heart Locker was, was okay. I didn't love it the way a lot of people did. Like I
0: did? Yeah, like you did. like <laughs> um, Yeah, because Hurt Locker was my favorite movie of that year. It was one of the few times when my favorite movie actually won. Um, especially with just how it portrayed the Iraq War and how it took such an apolitical stance to it instead focused on the soldiers as opposed to... Because it was, you know, this was a time when nobody thought Hurt Locker would do well because... Um, you had movies like Rendition and The Kingdom and I know Kingdom wasn't about the Iraq War, but it was about the Middle East and people just were not seeing these movies. Yeah. Just because nobody you're seeing it on the news, why would you want to go see it in, in theaters and use it for entertainment? The problem with those movies is they all took a political stance and, and they tried to say a message when instead of what Herlocker did is is sort of like what Apocalypse Now did and Platoon did and they were just they focused on the soldiers as opposed to the war. So I that's why I really like the Hurt Locker and, and thought it was by far the best movie of the year.
1: I mean Hurt Locker was, was good. Um so it's it's one where uh I I think it will it will have a lot of appreciation in the future for the things J four in the way that Apocalypse Now is considered like the Vietnam War movie. I think yeah. there's a very good chance Hurt Locker will be the Iraq war movie. Um there's one scene in there where they're playing xbox and they're playing and like the movie takes place in I think two thousand and four, mm-hmm. and the game that they're playing came out in like late two thousand and five and it it's only it's one of those things where only because I knew about it, you know it's when you see the blooper yourself without people telling you it's yeah. so much worse
0: yeah and so no, I've... That... and also just speaking with the the Hurt Locker is kind of like the definitive Iraq War movie. I think that if you look at Up in the Air, that's probably going to be the definitive Great Recession economic crisis movie that we had, just yeah. with the layoffs and everything like that. And it's it's probably my second favorite movie of the year. I think um, I re- 2009 was strong, too. 2009 you know, was not bad. Um, no.
1: Well, the, the one thing I really wished would have been nominated was Moon. Uh, Moon came yes. out that year. And it was one that felt like it could have been Oscar-baity. Uh, but and, it came out really early in the year, yeah. was the other problem it had. But like 10 category, ten
0: slots, and you still can't get Moon in there? Well, because well, they were like, well, we get, well, and I hate the politics behind the Oscars because they were like, we already gave District 9, so we filled our sci fi quota. Yeah. Um, but both District 9 and Moon kind of capped off what was probably, I don't think it can rival the late 70s and 80s as far as science fiction goes, but just an amazing stretch of time for science fiction yeah um especially independent science fiction that like wasn't focused on big space battles and everything like that because you had district nine you had moon you had i i know i enjoy sunshine a lot more than you do but um, i like half just... of it <laughs> <laughs> and then i mean even wally or you have sci-fi that that's really good and really connects with people so i thought that district nine was kind of the i mean the it's it's the summit of that it's not sci-fi stories but it's a sci-fi setting Exactly, I think that that's when you have the best sci-fi movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I really liked 2009, and there were some movies that I really didn't like that were nominated, like Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> one, if we haven't discussed how much I hate Tarantino yet, we will. I'm sure at one point someone won't get into that now. Yeah. Then you have Precious. You had an education, which I forgot existed. It wasn't bad. Then you had Blindside, which was a Hallmark movie with Sandra Bullock. Blindside
1: and was so much better than I ever expected <coughs> it to be have you have you have you seen it
0: i don't want to see it i know i didn't either but it was no, so good i'm just not gonna and i know that makes me uppity but i just don't it's sandra bullock helping you haven't seen it. yes i can you can't. um but and then we had up which didn't cry during up you are a sociopath so that is my opinion on up but i 2009 was good too now that i think about it
1: 2009 was not bad but it was no 2008. no of course not um Um, but then is 2010 i really love 2010 um with king speech winning over uh, black swan the fighter inception the kids are all right 127 hours the social network toy story 3 true grit and winter's bone okay john is growling because his little precious social network didn't take home every single award of the night
0: no, which it should have. It should have it should have taken home best animated short. Like <laughs> seriously. Um okay, no. The reason and I don't hate the King's Speech. King's Speech was like my third or fourth best movie of the year, but I just hate it so much now because it beat Social Network, which I would go to bat as one of the top ten movies of all time and one of the top five scripts ever written. Um and I, I'd argue that. I I need to set I up I need face. to
1: set up that at the time uh me and John were living in the same house, and he would go to work, and each day he would come home and say something to the effect of, "You know, the cinematography was really good too in Social <laughs> Network. It really needs that." And then the next day he'd come home and be like, "I just got the Social Network soundtrack, and this is such a good soundtrack. It really needs an Oscar for that." And just well, th- it did throughout gonna... every single thing in the Social Network.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back for that. <laughs> no, it should have won a lot more than it did. Frankly, it should have won a lot of stuff. Um... I would have been furious if it didn't win score though, which it did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um I mean it but, it should have won um screenplay and it did win screenplay. It's, and it did and I think it should have won director. I do not can somebody explain to me what was special about the King Speed's direction? I'm, I'm I I can't figure it out. Um but I I had like six number one
1: movies from 2010 throughout the year. Like, at one point, Social Network, obviously. Uh, Toy Story 3 was my number one movie at one point. True Grit was my number one movie at one point. Winter's Bone. True Grit was good. Yeah. Um. So, like, just, oh, Black Swan. Black Swan was so good. Like. Yeah, you liked it better than I did. I, w- I would have loved to be in the pitch for this. Where he's like, all right, all right. There's this ballerina. <laughs> but it's a horror movie, see? And she's turning into a swan. But not really. But she
0: is. And, and then Meg from Family Guy's <laughs> there, and she's doing stuff, and it's gonna be great. No, no, no. and then we're pulling off fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> it's money, yeah, please. Like, I saw 127 Hours and Black Swan the same day. As then we we left 127 Hours and walked directly into the theater for Black Swan, and that was the weirdest day ever. And then we went to see sure. and then we went to see Tron that night, <laughs> and it was just the most ridiculous day of movies I've ever had in my life so i can top that i can top that i saw oh, i saw saw five and
1: high school musical three back to back
0: oh that's just disappointing
1: it was it was
0: and you're crazy. still alive i don't really i, like, I spent the whole
1: i spent the whole movie during saw being like why is
0: nobody singing it's been like 40 <laughs> minutes since we've had a musical number um but anyway and true grit just talk about that for a second. I heard the words "Cohen Brothers, which I like a couple of Cohen Brothers movies, but not nearly to the same degree that everybody else seems to love Cohen Brothers. And I heard Western, which I hate. I hate Westerns. And I was like, this movie's going to suck. And I loved True Grit. True Grit was like, a amazing. Lot. No, True Grit was amazing. And um, I, I, the rest of them I don't really have any big problems with. I, I
1: think, I think, I think the of, fighter was okay. of the things, uh, Kids Were Alright was the only one that I felt disappointed
0: watching. Yeah, I didn't like kids. Were all right too. It was look at Mark Ruffalo be high and Annette Bening be uptight and Julianne Moore not have a Boston accent because I was right appreciating her thing on Thirty Rock and I was like, you talk normally. <laughs> this is weird. And you know, guy from Hunger Games being kind of angsty. So I mean, I it was just very. I mean, this it, it was a very Hollywood elite movie. It was like look at us drinking wine and raising kids in a same sex couple. Like it was very. It
1: was. It was a. There was a lot of like. What what part of this made it a best picture contender? What yeah, it, what section? But other than that,
0: like Black Swan, I loved. I really dug the Fighter. Um, I liked the Fighter again, a lot. I don't think it would have gotten anywhere close to a nomination if it weren't for Ten. But I liked Fighter. Yeah. Um,
1: Toy Story Three was amazing. Yeah. I, I I cried more at Toy Story Three than
0: I did it up. So. Then, um, no, you're wrong on that. Yeah, no. I cried more at Toy Story 2 than I did at Toy Story 3. Oh, I did that too.
1: But okay. I was also a lot younger when I saw Toy Story, Toy Story 2. Like, I saw yeah. Toy Story 3 and I'm like, I am a college graduate. This is <laughs> not how
0: I should be feeling towards a cartoon. It was very weird seeing Toy Story 3 and walking into the theater and being like, anybody over the age of 15, under the age of 15, wasn't alive when the first Toy Story came out. And I realized I'm not very old and I wasn't very old when I saw that, but that was just weird for me. Yeah. Um, But no, 2010 was I guess 2008-2010 was just like a fantastic stretch of three yeah. years when it comes to movies um,
1: I guess getting to the actual winner, um, King's Speech I thought was really good uh, It's one where and if you want to try and see what's so good about the direction is how good Helen Bottom Carter was in this movie because she's a very directable actress but so often they just kind of put her in there and be like Go do your thing. Do you... So go be HBC.
0: And the thing about like King's Speech is, and I guess it bothered me so much that there were so many original movies in 2010 because there I hadn't seen anything like Black Swan or Social Network or even Winner's Bone and stuff like this. And there were so many original, you know, stories and and newcomers and and just really fantastic movies. And then you have the King's Speech, which is about World War Two. It's about British royalty. It has a lot of kind of, you know betrayals sort of, but they're not really. It's just, oh, you're not gonna be king anymore and you're gonna hook up with a divorced American lady. Like and that was the main conflict. And it was it was so boring in comparison to the other movies that came out in 2010. It was And again, I really it, it was really well done. It was it was the perfect execution of an Oscar movie, and the Oscars just sort of reinforce the stereotype of we don't care what's actually good; we care what caters to our sensibilities. And has for the past sixty years, could have picked Inception. That would have been cool. I mean, they, they could have picked Inception. Inception was good, except I don't, I don't get Inception. And anybody who says they do get Inception is just trying to sound intelligent because I don't think anybody understands that movie completely. So it was just good. I'm fine with not understanding. It's kind of like I, I enjoy Ted talks about physics. But I don't understand what the heck they're talking about i like inception i i I know what's going on maybe you just haven't seen it enough you can follow it but seriously joe when the first couple times you saw it you were not like oh i understand why that's the way it is and oh okay that connects back to there's no way there's just well i've seen it a lot (laughs) you're still lying um okay so moving on to the past year of the artist this most recent year Winning over The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, Tree of Life, and War Horse. And for me, five of these movies are really good, and the other ones um, are either okay or I haven't seen. So, um, what did you think of The Artist, first off?
1: Um, we talked in depth about The Artist a couple yeah. podcasts back, uh, and that was before it had won. And uh, I, I brought it... It was it was a fine movie. It feels like it's getting so much of its praise because you know, Oh, they're bringing back this bygone genre uh, and making a silent movie. And that's innovative and stuff, Um, which I didn't totally buy into. Uh, It's, it's a movie where I, I thought it was a great movie, but if it's getting an Oscar because it's, you know, making a, it's doing a genre that we haven't done in a long time, that's not really Oscar worthy things to do.
0: And yeah, and I think that we're living in a very nostalgic uh, age for, you know, popular culture right now, because you have stuff like Mad Men, and you have stuff like The Artist winning. And there's a really big, you know, push towards what life was like in the 50s and the 60s. And and even 80 years ago, and so I think the artist was the direct beneficiary of that, and it is a great movie, and I really enjoyed the artist. Um, it also had the benefit of not being a great year, I thought, as far as movies goes, because there weren't... I love movies like Midnight in Paris, and The Descendants, and Moneyball especially, but I'm not looking back at 2011 and thinking any, like, those were... That's a classic movie right there, the yeah. same way I was I mean, for the past three years.
1: Yeah, no, I said, like, I had six contenders for my favorite movie in 2010 2011 of the choices it was midnight in paris far and away
0: absolutely midnight in paris is by far the best one moneyball was a lot better than i thought it was especially with all the drama that went along with it being made and all the casting changes and everything like that but yeah i want if i were to see any of them again it would probably be midnight in paris is probably the most rewatch value for me and then moneyball yeah are probably the two best. I, I liked I liked The Help a lot, and I liked Hugo a lot. I like both of them. And I, um, I like
1: Warhorse a lot.
0: War Horse I haven't seen good. War Horse. Tree of Life was... <laughs> I don't... There's, tree of Life was like, you go to an art exhibit, and there are all these pretentious people with glasses and sweaters. Um, just like, I, I like a modern art interpretation. It's just a video on a loop of a tree, and everyone's like, it's so innovative. No, it's not. It's just... There's no plot to it. There's... Tree of Life has this
1: amazing Nova documentary in the middle of the movie. Which, yeah. And if I could watch those 30
0: minutes, I'd be like, yeah, PBS. Seriously, but, I can go to I'll go to just, I'll, you know, I'll go to my local, you know, nature museum and look at all the cool shots they got from the Hubble t- telescope. And then it's randomly Brad Pitt being a pseudo-abusive father and then Sean Penn's riding in a glass elevator. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah. I, if people are trying to glean meaning from it, I think they're You know, either that's coming from their own need to, you know, glean a meaning from it, or I don't know. Tree of Life is just so pretentious. The rest of the
1: movie uh, I didn't like, and there was so much of it. That that (laughs) was the thing. Um, It was, yeah.
0: So, Uh, I also, I really didn't like Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I didn't see a need to, I didn't feel a need to see that, for whatever reason. And I didn't, you know... First of all, it was Stephen Daldry, who did The Reader, which we talked about before. And if Stephen Daldry is a movie, the Academy has to nominate it. I think he has pictures, pictures. of all of them doing something. I, that's the only explanation I have for why Stephen Daldry keeps getting Oscars. But um, it just seemed so... Like, it nothing was, about it made me want to see it,
1: if that makes sense. It was, it was feel sad and bad. You, you really should, guys. Sad and bad. Everyone. Seriously,
0: guys. This is... Seriously. seriously. Um
1: Sorry. So I actually I I like Tom Hanks in it though because I like Tom Hanks in anything.
0: Well, it's Tom Hanks because
1: Tom Hanks is so cool.
0: It's, yeah. So I mean, there's just no way you don't like Tom Hanks in anything. No. Um, but and so 2011 was a little bit of a letdown from the past three years, which I suppose you have to have those types of movies, especially because there weren't even many very good, you know, blockbusters. No, no.
1: Year. 2011 was a uh, down year, which is nice that. 2012 is shaping up to be so full and exciting, because yeah. yeah, I I went through 2011 looking at like you know newspapers and blogs and stuff, being like, oh, these 2012 movies, they're going to be good. You just you yeah, just yeah. wait. So
0: and so yeah, I mean 2000 and, and I suppose the artist could win out of any of those, and so I'm not really going to complain about it winning. And again, we did talk about all these recently, so we can't go into too much detail, but yeah. Um, I mean I I'd, Hopefully 2012 will be better and it's already off to a better start. I'm I'm looking
1: forward to 2012. Like the, even the even the like off-season movies even like the January through March movies have been really good this year. Yeah, so, so I'm I I'm,
0: I'm hopeful for the Oscars as am I. So that was a much more in-depth version of the uh, our second part. Yes. We, <laughs> Apparently when we've
1: seen more of the movies, we have more to say. We do.
0: Um <laughs> But yeah, I suppose that'll do it yep. for this week, uh, now that we've reached the end of our, our Oscar predictions. Yes, next
1: week uh, we're going to start a thing where we uh, occasionally will take an episode and look at television instead of movies. And next week we're going to be looking at a phenomenon called the second season slump, which, is, which ap- apparently,
0: apparently is an affliction that hits me a lot harder than it John subscribes
1: to near religiously.
0: Uh, my my immune system to the second season is much much weaker than than Joel's is, and so this will be the first time you'll probably get the really heated <laughs> direct opposition of opinions. Yes. Um. So we'll talk about some second seasons that we think really are fantastic, and then others that really killed the show. Spoiler alert: It's going to be Glee. So <laughs> so so we'll, that'll be next. We'll week. see you next time.